T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio on WGR. Mr. Sal Capaccio is going to be joining us on the Wester Hotline here as we dissect the Super Bowl and get into some Bill stuff too. Uh, Sal brought to you by, uh, by the way, you can join us too, 8030550. Sorry, happy Monday. Maybe you're just waking up, a little bit of a late night. Um,. I forget what I was going to say. So Sal is brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Good morning, Mr. Capaccio, and welcome to the final Football Monday of the 2022 season. <laughs> Good morning. Everybody's 0-0 zero zero this morning, right? Hey, uh, I already checked. It's like 206, 207 days until the Thursday night opener. We're practically there, Sal. So yeah, I wonder who that's going to be, actually. It's funny because uh, the Bills actually do play, obviously, at the Chiefs next year. I I mean, I don't know if the league would put them in that Thursday night opener, but you're right. Uh, here we go again, right? It's the But the NFL dominates the calendar, the offseason, yep. uh, you know, combine coming up, and then league meetings, free agency, uh, the draft, the schedule release. You know, sooner or later, it's going to be here before we know it, obviously. But, yeah, I mean... Really good game yesterday. Obviously, disappointing in the disappointing in the endings. I'm sure a lot of people are as far as how anticlimactic it was. Does anybody have an answer for the ending? I guess that's one of the things I'd want to know, Sal. Like agreeing that that's a tough call. Um, you could say it's ticky tack or whatever. Does anyone out there that thinks the way that the game ended was was bad or was some sort of crime against football? Does anybody want what solutions it might take to have that not happen? Whether that's challenging penalties auto reviewing penalties in the final minute you know like what what is anybody out there prepared to do to make that outcome less likely i guess that's a really good question jeremy i don't know if there's a tangible answer to that from anybody um i think the most the biggest answer you would probably get and there's a lot of people who believe you know that was a call it was a penalty so you have to call it there's no doubt about that i've seen a lot of people you know, say that this morning. I haven't dissected it as much as like, you know, after it happened, I watched a little bit of the ceremony and kind of went to bed, but I didn't go back and really take a look at it. Maybe it was. Maybe you look at it and say, you know what, that was a penalty. And I, I could certainly see an argument for that. I think that most people, though, would answer your question by saying, have more common sense, right? That the officials should say, look, that hasn't been called much all game. It's pretty ticky tack. Why would you call it in that situation? But that's just, that's something very uh, that, that's a real general thought that's subjective, right? So yeah. to, yep. to your 
question and point. I don't know if there's a real good answer for that from anybody. Right, and there was a play earlier in the game where Juju Smith-Schuster definitely got held on a third down. They didn't call it. So, like, is the answer to have called that play earlier when they didn't call it? Or, you know, I, I guess around here, we're a hockey town. We know this. You don't want to go too far. No. Where league's done this before. Yeah, where you can just do anything you want, but because it's a close game and yep. it's late, there's never going to be a penalty called. You don't want that. I think they over in hindsight, they for sure Saints Rams. They overreacted. Guy missed a call, right? And they overreacted by implementing review for one season. Review challenges, right, on pass interference was a disaster. So I I, I think if you you can overreact to the Bradbury call. Here's my question, guys. Like I was telling Jeremy in the break, Belichick for years has pushed for, right, at least Belichick, has pushed for essentially one, for lack of a better way to put it, a universal challenge. One challenge for a coach in each game on whatever you want the challenge to be, including a non-penalty or a penalty call or a missed call, right? Here's the problem. How do you correct what happened last night? Let's say there's a universal challenge. They throw the flag, Bradbury holding. Is New York overturning that? I mean, he did grab the jersey. Mm-hmm. That's more of a it's late, it's the Super Bowl, let it slide than, you know, the rule was interpreted wrong. They interpreted the rule correctly. If you challenge that, they're not going to win a challenge. So I I don't know other than you tell your officials it's got to be really crazy, stupid, obvious, bad. Or you don't call it in the at the end of a yeah, game. Yeah, I, I I wonder. Like you guys are, you guys have been on the air here now for an, over an hour, so you've probably seen. I have not. Is is most of the reaction? And I'll get into this later. I'll take a look more. Is most of the reaction from overnight that wasn't a penalty, or is it? Oh yeah, that's a penalty, but you can't call it there. That's, you know what I, I mean? think it's like, the latter of the what's two. The, because yeah. that's right, and and that then then you really have no leg to stand on mm-hmm. if you're gonna make that argument. Because well, if you're a Chiefs fan, I mean. Put yourself in their position then. If you think it was a penalty, but you, okay, I'm driving, I'm trying to win the game. If that's my team, I'm like, wait a minute, if, what do you mean if it's a penalty, you shouldn't call it, right? right. So you're going down a slippery slope either way there. Um, it's it's tough. And I think that what makes it kind of worse is we've seen these things over the years happen, and they've always happened. And then Goodell last week says, you know, officiating's the best it's ever been. And Maybe he's right because of all the mecha- the mechanisms in place to correct mistakes, but maybe that wasn't a mistake. Maybe that was just yeah. Well, we think we should let you play there. Right. It's tough. It's really tough. I I know that if you put yourself in either fan's shoes this morning, obviously if you're in Philadelphia, you are very very livid that something like that would be called in that situation. Put yourself in Kansas City and say, well, they shouldn't have called it. Well, what do you mean? Like right. that was a penalty, and we were we could have scored a touchdown. But that's why I say I don't. I mean, if you're the league. I'm not sure what you do because it, it he didn't blow the referee. Excuse me, the official didn't blow the call. He didn't make an incorrect call. He made a call that you wouldn't want on your team with the Super Bowl on the line in the last few minutes. But he didn't. Right. He was not wrong in what he interpreted was the penalty. So that's why this is really not a competition committee thing. This is Roger Goodell telling the head of the officials, hey, tell your guys not to make a decisive call like that in a tie game late. And I don't think you want really that to happen, right? Because now, that's, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you want that to happen. I think that you got to call the game the way you're supposed to call the game from that standpoint. Then, you know, the flag was justified. Um, I, like I said, I think to me it's more you have this game for you know 59-plus minutes or at the time 58-plus minutes. And, it, and it's so you're setting it up for this ending. Okay, we're going to get Jalen Hurts now to try and come down and match this. We're going to see overtime. 
and then that happens, and it just it's more anticlimactic. But yeah. maybe maybe it's because you know she'd be mad at the guy for holding them. I mean, maybe right. that's what it is. Well, we lost, know. like you said, we lost the drama, right? What if if that penalty doesn't yeah. happen? What happens with the drive? When do they, you know, when do they kick? How much time's left for Philly? You know, Philly gets the ball back with what? Six seconds, four seconds, of course. The minute they hit the field goal, you knew the game was over. So there was sure. no drama at the end. And what some people were saying was the best, one of the best Super Bowls. There was no drama at the end. And I think that was infuriating for fans. But I, again, I, I don't think, I don't want the league to overreact to that. So honestly, I, I am far more annoyed by the what's a catch discussion yesterday and, and over the huh. season than I yeah. was about whether or not you call that holding penalty. Yeah, me too. We're back, we're back to where we are several years ago. You know, th- this was what's a catch was a thing. And then, you know, they tweaked some rules and it almost made it worse. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm co- just as confused as anybody else uh, about all that stuff. At the end of the day, you know, you look back and, I think it was one of the better Super Bowls we've ever had. It really was. You know, I mean, it was high scoring. It was back and forth. It was two really good, um, really good quarterbacks and offenses. Um, you know, so I think um, you know we got it. We got a really good Super Bowl. It wasn't a blowout, so that that was a good thing. But you're right. There, there's a lot of things that are going to come off this and the heels of it that we're going to be talking about into the off season. And quite frankly, I think the league is totally okay with that. Yep. So. Your mentions, your emails, your whatever, is it more about offensive design, offensive uh, schemes, or is it more about weapons? I mean, it can be both, obviously, because, you know, the Bills fans want this offense to get on a level like these two teams, and it feels like they were close, but as things went down the stretch this year, obviously, it, it faded away. Whatever magic they had faded away, so... Uh, I don't know, as you watch that game or as you read your mentions, is it more about Ken Dorsey versus mm. Andy Reid, or is it more about about what the Bills have to do from a from a personnel standpoint? Understanding, of course, it can be both. Yeah, it, it is both, but I would say the majority of people who, you know, tell me, you know, oh my God, the, this for the Bills, and the Bills should do this, the Bills should do that, the majority of people who say that to me mostly talk about weapons, and it's from a standpoint of, Look how the Chiefs went out and got more weapons. Oh, they got rid of Tyreek Hill, but they oh, they still went out and got uh, Valdez Scantley and Juju and Sky Moore and, and um, Pacheco. And look what they did. It, so it's about weapons. Now, of course, there's some of the other thing, and it's not Andy Reid, Ken Dorsey. It's generally Andy Reid, Sean McDermott, right? That people talk about. But I mean, Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches in the history of the league, and you know, um, Sean McDermott is still only in a sixth year. Andy Reid's been going for a very long time, so. Who knows what's going to happen over the next 15, 20 years. But I think that when you talk about offense and how the Chiefs are, have been able to navigate this and uh, where they are, it's more about it's, it's weapons, but it's look how they went and just keep getting more weapons, right? And the Bills haven't done that. And, oh, the Bills have only spent – they've never spent a better than a uh, fourth-round pick on a wide receiver under you know Brandon Bean. And – um, th- those kinds of things, especially wide receiver, that's what I would say most people, I guess, complain about or use as examples for your question. Yeah. Well, we've seen the Bills pour assets into the defense to try and get a pass rush on Mahomes. That's another thing about that game last night. And sometimes, you know, the Bills have had success getting to Mahomes. They beat him earlier this year because of a play that Von Miller makes and a couple plays that Von Miller makes. But last night, there's an elite pass rush in Philadelphia, and they can't get to him at all. Yep. Yeah, and then, you know, he was hobbled, too, and they had nice design there, and they did a great job of keeping him off balance. Look, Andy Reid is great. He's great. He's great at, um, you know, designing and scheming, 
and figuring things out on the fly even. And they did a really good job of that. They come out in the second half. Watch that first watch that first drive of the second half. It's just a master class. Like they're they're doing everything they can. The first few plays were runs. They didn't put Mahomes in any position at all. And then all of a sudden Mahomes was able to run anyway. He scrambled a couple of times, but they just had a couple of plays where you're like, okay, they're just gonna make sure they take a load off him. And now the Eagles are like, okay, wait a minute, these guys are running on us. They can't pin their ears back. So it was just it was a great job by him. He's He's a fantastic coach. I was actually just selfishly hoping we would I would wake up to the news that he's retiring <laughs> this morning. Yeah. Um, but obviously that's not the case, as Joe just had in the update a little while ago. Oh. Um, but, you know, he's great. And there's not many people in the history of this league as good as Andy Reid at all of that. You know, I don't, you know, I know you want to always compare him to your own coach, whether that's McDermott, you know, here in Buffalo, whatever. Um, but I just think that he, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. He really is. And he was a great coach in Philadelphia. He just couldn't find that ending he couldn't you know get over the hump and now he has Patrick Mahomes and that helps him a whole heck of a lot and he knows it and if you watch the post-game interviews he always says like believe me he said to, what did he say to Chris Berman I was watching that he said I'm not naive I know I have Patrick Mahomes that's what he said <laughs> it's not it's not a bad place to start right 803-0550 to join us we get to more bill stuff in a moment uh we're taking uh Super Bowl comments too we get connected with our fans Mo in New Jersey. You're on with Sal here on WGR. Go right ahead. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. It's my first time on the phone with Sal, so I'm honored to be on the radio with you guys. Um, I just wanted to talk about the game last night. I'm not salty about the Chiefs winning. I actually wanted the Eagles to win. But good congrats to the Chiefs. They deserved it. What I'm upset about is you guys touched on something earlier today. Is was I, Were you thinking about the Bills at all last night? And I was. It's not because they lost the game a couple of weeks ago to the Bengals and they weren't there. It was simply this. And you guys just, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit uh, a minute ago. I am losing faith in this front office slash coaching combination that we have. I have always been a defense guy, get the one game going. But that was before we had Josh Allen. We are wasting his prime years building a defense that, Let's be honest, in big games comes up small. And in last night's game, you had, I think, the, the third best of all time in terms of sacks. They couldn't sniff Mahomes' jock that whole game, even with one good leg. And it might just, my point is simply this. I think after this year coming up, like, you know, hey, we're finally in the offseason, and now all we have to think about is next year. This season coming up for me is probably the most critical season for Bean and McDermott. The, the drafts haven't been great. We've gone defense, defense, defense. Our pass rush has been average. We added Von Miller. I know he got hurt. That was a big loss. But I don't think he would have gotten us over the hump this year either. I'm not sure what the answer is, but I'm losing faith in this combination. What do you guys think? I, I, I'll, I'll go first. I'm not saying everybody has to feel that way or even should. But I don't think that that's unfair to say any of that stuff. Well, I think it, I, I think it's mindset. I like what he said about the offense. Sal, you brought it up too, right? You're not going to look at any of the guys they brought in. Pacheco, Moore, Smith-Schuster, uh, Smith Valdez, Scantling. You wouldn't look at any of those. Wow, great, great top-level players. But they looked at it and thought, let's just keep adding to the offense. And let's not and use a first-round pick again on a running back. We can use a seventh-round pick on a running back. Even though they, they, did, got, they did use a first. Right, I mean, right, yeah. it was a first to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. But they realized, hey, maybe that wasn't a good... But they keep addressing that, even though they have Mahomes. 
they blew up the offensive line. They got rid of their best receiver. They used multiple assets, draft, free agency, in-season trade for Kadarius Toney. Like, they're constantly trying to find... I'm not saying they ignore their defense, but they're constantly... They know you got to score in this league. you got to have offense, have to make teams try and outscore us, and they constantly address that stuff. Yeah, so a couple points on this. Lose faith? I don't know, I think... <laughs> I think still that you have a GM who's one of the best in the league at his job. Doesn't mean he's the necessarily the best or he's going to be guarantee anything. I still think you have a coach that's one of the best in the league at his job. Uh, doesn't mean he's the best. That doesn't mean it guarantees anything. I do. Uh, I don't know about losing faith. But I, I will say that to the point of you're making, the caller made, about building the defense of what you guys just said, I think where the criticism lies here is if you look at the um, – if you look at the final numbers, which I was, I went back and looked at this last night because it's, I said, man, the, the Chiefs, it's a great example. The Chiefs just won a Super Bowl by averaging giving up 25 points a game in the playoffs. And they win the Super Bowl. The, 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 the playoffs themselves, very high scoring. Go take a look at the, play, the playoffs this year. Go look at points per game, all right, per team. It's pretty amazing when you look at it. Um, you're talking, there are there were, were let's see, uh, and I know only teams only played one game. Teams only played two games. I get it. It's a smaller sample size. Points per game in the playoffs. Philly, most they had 35 points a game, 34.7. Miami scored 31 against Buffalo. Thir- I'm going to roll down the list. 30, 29, 25, 24, 23, 23. Like, I mean, there were, but the Chiefs and the Eagles match up in the, in the Super Bowl. And the Eagles, actually, they were only giving up 17 a game. Chiefs give up 25 points a game and still win the Super Bowl. You know why? Because offense wins championships. I'm going to say it. Offense wins <laughs> championships, not defense. So I agree from that standpoint that that's where you have to keep concentrating and loading up on. And I think that the test comes this year, seeing all this and knowing how last year went, and is that where they're going to try and focus in on? And I think we all want to see that. You guys just made a great point. Let's not forget, the Kansas City Chiefs did take a running back in the first round, and he was a healthy scratch yep. in the Super Bowl just a couple of years later, right? We have a lot of criticism about, I can't believe the Bills don't take wide receiver before round four, or I think you know they don't spend enough on this position or that position. Uh, they, they waste their picks on this, or, I oh, what's, the, what's it been? You guys talked a lot last week, how many running backs they've taken in the first like three rounds or whatever. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs took a running back in round one, and he's not even playing for them. There's a criticism there, but the difference is they've, they've, they saw, they figured out that's not working, and they've supplemented by getting all these other weapons anyway and saying we kind of don't need them because we've already, we've kind of replaced it philosophically and on the field. 8030550 to join us. We're getting connected with our fans. Leonard in Buffalo, you're on WGR with Salga right ahead. Hey, Sal. Guys, it's just a pleasure to be on with you guys. I always listen to you driving home from work and never get a chance to come on. But I just had a question. Uh, We're talking about offense. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I heard last week or so that the Tennessee Titans had requested to interview Eric Bieniemy for their offensive coordinator position. And I was just wondering, is that something that we would be interested in? Because it seemed that you know, we're thinking about all these positions that we need to draft to make our offense more explosive and to do better. But I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what our scheme is on offense. I don't know what 
Ken Dorsey. I don't know what our footprint as an offense is. And so if we don't have that solidified, we can go out and get players and just having them run routes and have Josh try and get the ball to him. But at some point you have to scheme in a game. And I haven't, I haven't seen it really since the first game against the Rams as I saw getting the ball out quick where Aaron Donald really did not get a chance to dominate during the game. But it seemed like we went away from that, and it was just, you know, we just trusted that Josh would make a play. And I, I, I'm looking for an offensive coordinator that was scheme. And even our defensive coordinator, it's, I think with the holes that we have as far as players, if we don't have a scheme to be able to go out and draft players according to the scheme we want to run, then we may find ourselves in the same predicament. I'll hang up in uh, – uh, definitely in regards to Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. We'll love to hear uh, the point on that. The Bills, aren't, the Bills aren't replacing Ken Dorsey with Eric Bieniemy. You don't often yeah, he, see he, – he, pro- I'm sorry, Jeremy. He's probably – it's not Tennessee. I think he's in line Washington, for Washington or yeah. Baltimore. And yeah. I think I also read this morning he has, does have a, still an outside shot at the Colts job if things fall through with um, the Philly offensive coordinator. Cards, too. I, thought, I think his name might have been mentioned maybe yeah. as Arizona. L- Leonard is right, though. The Titans did ask permission to speak with the enemy. Right. You don't often – Got you. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Sorry yep. I didn't see that as You well. don't thank often you. see lateral moves, right. though, right? Unless well, – Hall. Well, I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> Unless yeah. the person maybe thinks that they can't go anywhere where they are. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened with Chad Hall. On Friday, Bill's wide receiver coach Chad Hall left for a yeah. same job with Jacksonville to be their wide receiver's coach. His contract here was up. Either the Bills decide not to renew or he decides not to renew. But that is a, that's a lateral move, Sal. That it, it, They happen, but it's not the kind of thing where you often see somebody poached for a lateral move. That's right, and um, glad good good um, good segue here because we should talk about that and um, some of the changes because now we are getting some of them right. And as remember when Jim Salgado was fired and they hired a new safeties coach, and you know for the next couple of weeks we've heard and you guys heard and oh my god I can't believe that's all they're going to do. And I kept saying, look, they're going to make there's going to be something else. We know that that's just the way it operates, the way it goes. You know, as, as things start to happen as we get towards the combine, we'll start to hear more of this stuff. And now we know Chad Hall, he's on the move. You're right, Jeremy. You don't normally see it. But I think that's got to be why. And I believe someone pointed out to me, I think Joe, I think you said this to me on the show when we were on last week. Apparently, Chad's wife, who's Matthew, I'm sorry, Chad's sister, who's Matthew Stafford's wife, was on a podcast and said something recently about, I think Chad wants a little more. He wants to do a little more. And, you know, we'll see where we're going to be next year, knowing that the contract was up. This sounds to me, it sounds to me like a guy that probably feels like, the same thing Eric Bieniemy. I got to go somewhere else to show that I can work with other people, do some things, learn some different schemes, and have a better path to where I ultimately want to be. I also don't think it's coincidental that his name, Chad Hall, was floated around as being a um, candidate for an offensive coordinator position with the Baltimore Ravens. Generally, when these kinds of moves are going to happen, uh, agents float names out there because they're trying to get a little more buzz for their clients. Say, look, see this guy. Yeah, see, you know, he could be this guy. He can be in that position. So I wouldn't be surprised there. Um, at this point, to go back to Leonard, the caller, at this point, I mean, we have not heard anything on either coordinator. I'm not saying it still can't happen, but I would be really surprised if they're moving on from Ken Dorsey at this point, especially, and I want everybody to remember this, especially given what Josh Allen feels about Ken Dorsey. That is a very, very big component in any sort of situation and decision like this. Sal, the other thing with the Bills I want to ask you, 
is uh, Stefan Diggs. Some of the comments he made while he was out at the Super Bowl being interviewed different shows, yep. talking about how something happened with the offense the second half of the season. They got away from what they did best. I mean, it does... It does connect with what we thought watching the offense the second half of the season. They were still scoring, but they were inconsistent. They were really struggling. Struggling. They would have these one or one-and-a-half quarter in-game funks. What do you make of what Diggs had to say? And any ideas what the heck happened in the second half of the season? Well, I think first and foremost what happened in the second half is Josh Allen was dealing with yeah. a pretty major injury that now we're hearing and we heard yesterday that we know how severe it might have been, and it was. Um, I definitely think that played a role in it, and I think we could see that in a several-game stretch there where they just weren't pushing the ball down the field like we had seen earlier in the season. Um, I think the other thing that happens, and this happens in football all the time, I say it every year, first four or five games, teams are kind of doing their thing while others aren't yet, haven't yet figured them out. Um, for whatever it was, uh, I think teams started to figure out a little bit what the Bills were doing and took away you know, some of their best stuff, and whether that was doubling Stephon Diggs a little more, forcing other people to beat you, and the Bills didn't have as much of a counterpunch. And I think that goes now back to our original discussion. you got to have more weapons to have more of a counterpunch. You know, they're taking away this, taking away that, and, like, where do we go now? Um, we can't. We don't have enough guys, another guy to win one-on-one as much, things like that. So I think those are, you know, but, you know, Stefan talked about the situation when he was caught on the sidelines and having words, I guess, if you want to say it that way, with Josh and, he said, you know, all year he's been a guy. He's been the guy kind of in those situations. He has his guy one on one. He felt he had his guy one on one. You know, that's where they should go. And, you know, that, that's what he's talking about there. So, yeah, I think that's what it is. And I do think the injury mattered a lot to the way the Bills coached and schemed and called plays and, and what Josh decided to do. I also think that teams basically figured a little bit more out about the Bills' offense. And they unfortunately did not have a counterpunch to that as much as they wanted to or thought they and maybe themselves thought they did all right sal what happens next now that the football season's over i know you usually put up the off-season calendar at our website what are we uh what are we looking at next in the nfl well next is really the combine uh that's coming up in a couple of weeks that's when things really start to get moving on free agent buzz and then draft buzz and then we're gonna have draft visits start happening after that then free agency happens a couple of weeks after the combine. Um, but usually combine is where agents and owners and, I'm sorry, uh, GMs and head coaches and people start to talk about things and we start to get a little movement. And that's when you really have kind of your coaching staff pretty much set. I think last year, right before that, was when we learned about the Bills and what their coaching staff was going to be and set. Um, and then free agency starts March 15th. Then the league meetings happen. And I'm sure these <laughs> these penalties and calls and things like that are all going to be um, – uh, on the docket and talked about uh, at that time. And then, of course, uh, NFL draft at the end of April. Hmm. All right, sir. Thank you, as always. Appreciate you joining us on the show this morning. Okay, you two guys, thanks. That is Mr. Sal Capaccio. His segment brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? Ours is talking about the game, the bills, and everything football-related from yesterday. We didn't even bring up Nick Sirianni crying during the anthem, which was all over Twitter yesterday as a hot meme. We, yeah, we'll get to that, too. 803-0550 to join. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's this morning on WGR. I don't know what the Giants was doing with KT, but bro, he's a dog. Beach and Andy Reid. Bro, they know how to pick and choose who who to go get and fit for this puzzle of this team. And it's Juju Smith-Schuster on Kadarius Tony, deadline acquisition for the Chiefs. That's now two Super Bowl champions in a row that had big time trade deadline acquisitions. Last year, the Rams with Von Miller. This year, I mean, Tony's not quite that big of an impact, but still, he had a big punt Tony's return. Sad. Yeah, the he, punt return was huge. Punt return was huge. He had a touchdown. He was a nice add to that offense, and he's a player that, when healthy, is really, really good, really dynamic, and I would expect more from him next year with them. They put some nice pieces together, right? You know, whether, whether it was, you know, the in-season of Tony, right? The addition of Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez Scantling. Go, what was McKinnon? Free agent? Probably didn't cost him a ton of money. McKinnon was a free agent signing. Pacheco in the seventh round. I mean, they had basically had, hey, we have Kelsey. And then they changed everything. McCole Hardman was still there. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. He was on IR. But basically, right, it was Kelsey, and we're going to change all the rest around the skill positions around Travis Kelsey. They did, and they, they don't miss a beat. They still score 30 points a game, and they win a Super Bowl again. So I think that's a – look, there's a lot of credit should be spread around to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes is great. Andy Reid, phenomenal head coach. Best offensive designer, play caller in the league, and the front office. You know, they're not perfect. Yeah, they drafted Clyde Edwards Alaire with a first round pick, and then they realized, hey, we don't have to do that. Let's use a seventh round pick on a running back. They've done a really good job of continuing to stock the roster, continuing to add weapons on offense, and doing whatever they do to maintain, I'm not going to say a dynasty, to maintain the success they've had. It's a very well run organization. It is the gold standard, and I didn't think that was going to be the case this season. And Smith-Schuster's one of those guys. He led the team in targets yesterday. He led the team in receptions. A lot of that was in the second half. Second half, yeah. And he was just a one-year prove-it deal. So, like, on one hand, I might think, well, they're going to miss him, and they're probably not going to be able to pay him. But then, very quickly, don't you just think they're just going to find find the next Juju Smith-Schuster that wants to go there on a one-year prove-it deal? DJ Chark? Maybe they bring him back. He's good. He might be very happy to stay in Kansas City. Juju Smith-Schuster was... Awesome as a second receiver to Antonio Brown, 
And if he's a second receiver to Travis Kelsey, yeah. he might fit in quite nicely, not be too expensive. I was thinking about, I saw a comment from Kadarius Tony, and he talked about how Kansas City was a breath of fresh air. I mean, he came from the Giants pre-Dable and Shane, so it was the organization but was they, a mess. They did trade him. Right. But he talked about coming out there, and I mean, let's face it, if you're going to be on offense, you'd want to be with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. So not, not Joe I, Judge? Not Joe Judge? You're no, not sure about that? No. Right? So if you're Kadarius... Anyway, my point is, if you're Juju Smith-Schuster, I would think he would want you to stay in Kansas City, but he's going to want to get a big contract. It's going to come down to what does Kansas City want to pay him. But if you're him, and they give you a fair deal, stay where you are. I mean, you're in a great situation. He, he ends up at Pittsburgh... With a ridiculously bad offense before he leaves, now he's got to be thrilled with who he's got around him. Should Hertz have been the MVP? No. I agree. No. We had this discussion in the newsroom. No. He was great. He didn't win the game. If he doesn't fumble, I will listen to yes. If instead of Hertz fumble going for a scoop and score, if that's a handoff to Kenneth Gainwell and he fumbles yeah. for a scoop and score, right. Hertz has a better case for MVP. He made a mistake. Right. A monstrous mistake, but you know, and it wasn't. He, I mean, he just he if just he, he accounts for four total touchdowns but gives one back. Yeah, like, sorry. No, I wouldn't. I can't, never thought of him. You for, can't. You can't get MVP if your fumble was a scoop and score. I'm not fond of giving the MVP to the team that loses the game. I don't even mind that. I'll listen to that a ton. But I, and his, I but, mean, his, well, then his stats blew away Mahomes. They did. wasn't even close. I mean, he had but 374 total yards and four touchdowns. That's in part because I, Mahomes can't get stats when there's a fumble return for a touchdown. Mahomes can't get stats when there's a punt return of the four. Like Part of the reason Mahomes' stats weren't gaudy are because the Eagles but, gave up giant plays to the non-Mahomes Chiefs. Well, and they didn't have the ball a lot. I mean, he didn't because he of a didn't scoop have and a score. ton of drives, and, right. but and, well, that drive was shortened. Right? But th- this but, gets to something that was. Ha- I would I would have never voted for. This him. is something that happened in the first half. That you know, it, for me, it gets to be a pet peeve. The scoop and score meant that the the stats were going to be skewed. Look at the total offense. Kansas City is a hundred yards behind Philadelphia in total yeah. offense. Well, yes, this is the the Eagles' fifth possession, right? And the KCN Eagles two maybe three three. I mean, right, five to three right now. They have yeah. more possessions. At halftime, yards per play was advantage Chiefs, mm-hmm. but it didn't make a difference because you're going to get that skewed stat of a, of a pick, or not a pick six, but a scoop and score. And same thing with the Tony punt return. If Tony doesn't return that ball to the four, don't you think the Chiefs just drive down just the field and score? Field. Well, they, I mean, they hadn't been stopped in the half to that point, right? so they would have had another 60, 70 yards, whatever, instead the of five. only stop that the Eagles got in the second half was what? The field goal? The field goal. Or the field no, goal. Which, the field goal which to end the not, game. They weren't trying to get into... Well, they had a touchdown. McKinnon slid, right. McKinnon slid at the one. So, the, so they never got a stop. The Chiefs the would have scored a touchdown on yeah, yeah. every drive oh, yeah. in the second half. Look, I, I would. it does carry weight for me because they lost the game. Because, again, Hurts' stats... We're great. You know, he threw for over, I don't have his final numbers up there, but it's 374 total yards. He threw the ball well. He ran the ball well. He got four touchdowns. How many times did they convert quarterback sneaks with Jalen Hurts last night? He was great. They lost the game. So, I mean, I would just give it to the guy from Kansas City who I felt was the best player out there. And even though the numbers aren't gaudy, it's Mahomes. Mahomes officially ran that offense and in limited time put up you know, all these touchdowns in the game, I would never vote it. I do have a pet peeve I'd like to bring up. I would like networks to never again, especially in the Super Bowl, 
never put up a stat in the third quarter about the time that had elapsed since someone's offense last had the ball. <laughs> Philadelphia, right? Their first possession of the third quarter. Well, the Eagles haven't had the ball in an hour and 35 minutes. Right. 35 minutes of that was the halftime show, for one thing. The Chiefs haven't had the ball in 45 minutes, probably. I don't need to know about who hasn't had the ball in however long, because the Chiefs have the ball in the last possession, and then you have a super long halftime show. It's stupid. It's a pet peeve. I'm, Sorry. Go I'm, ahead. I'm with you. On the halftime show, that stage, holy cow. I wasn't paying close was attention, but, it, I mean, but there, was listen, a, what was the, there was a double level. Like, there was an upper... Rih- Rihanna was great. It was a great halftime show. The stage, you got to go back and watch it. I should. I didn't really pay enough attention to it. I, I just thought... It, it was the kind of thing where I thought, is this fake? Is it this fake, yeah. Is this CGI? Well, am I, am the I camera being, work paired with the stage, too, was insane. Yeah, am I being fooled into thinking that she's actually suspended... 200 feet above the playing surface? Right. No, she really is. So what did they no, do? Yeah. That stuff was suspended from... Yeah. How, oh, really? yeah. You could the, see, actually, like, just outside of, like, where her where her dress or whatever came down to the floor, you could see where she was, like, attached to the stage. Yes. Wow. Like, you could see the cables on the, the stage. Cables, yeah. You could see mm-hmm. the stage when she was suspended moving a little bit. Right. Rocking. Yeah. That's what I first thought to look. Is she, she's attached, right, yeah. to this thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean... I just want to give. It'll be the year that I remember. You know, remembering halftime shows. Prince we, was great. Um, who else was great? But the, last year was pretty good, wasn't it? Last year, the weekend. Doctor Dr. Dre. Doctor okay, Dre. Last two years year. ago was the weekend. Yeah, two years ago. Was the sure, weekend. last year was good. This one, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars was say, good. That, ha- that stage, out of this world. Having everyone in the room with prop bets on who the special guest would be for the it's halftime cool. show may have ruined it a little bit because every song it's. Oh, here comes Jay Z. Yeah. Oh, here comes Eminem. And then nobody came out and we're like, what? But then we're okay, but it was a great halftime. And show. when she hit all the lights, you thought Kanye was coming out and he didn't, of Th- course. That I never thought was yeah, happening. I know. That, might, that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> anyway. Yes, Howard, this is just, you know. Who, who are these people? Who are these people? I just want one of those white outfits. I want to get one of the white outfits they were wearing, the dances were wearing. I thought it no was no more fans around the stage anymore, huh? Was that No. They no. didn't do that this time, right? No, but it was a great halftime show. Seemed to go over well on Twitter. Like I said, I'm not. I don't know any of Rihanna's music, so Boy, the, the stage. But just, people on Twitter were raving about how the, the show was great. It was the the stage. stage was incredible. The yeah. stage and camera work was unbelievable. Yep. And it, she's pregnant. Yeah, she did yeah, the whole thing they, pregnant. Yeah, I guess they confirmed it after. So, which right? is you know a testament to what halftime show it was. Here you have an incredibly talented singer, and the one of the rules is like, hey, I can't really move much. Mm, yep. I can't dance. I can't. What do we do? Uh, we'll just put you in. We're talking like a Super Mario Brothers board. <laughs> we'll put you in a series of floating stages that will hover around the entire stadium for twenty minutes. Eight oh three oh five fifty. As we uh, talk about the Super Bowl, and how, if you thought about that, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't really think about the Bills that much during the game last night. I apologize. But if you did, what were your Bills thoughts while you were watching Kansas City beat Philadelphia in the Super Bowl? You can share your thoughts on that too on WGR. <laughs> Eventually, you know, that's that's always the goal, but uh, I'm allowing that to be in God's hands. And did the doctor tell you it's possible? It's a tough situation. Uh, they, mm-hmm. you know, it's they can't really tell because it's like, it's a up to me thing, I guess, or, or you know, it's, it's just, it's a long road. They just were worrying about trying to get me back to normal um, as, as much as they can. Mar Hamlin speaking with Michael Strahan. Good morning, America. Yeah, uh, uh, so Hamlin said he, his goal is to come back and play again. 
got a long way to go to, to try and get to that point. Nice ceremony, of course, before the game. If you didn't tune in early enough, Hamlin was on the field. They had some of the Bills' training staff, the Bengals, the, the medical staff from the University of Cincinnati. Very nice moment. And he got to sit in the commission suite. And he got to meet LeBron, who we did not that pick was in cool. our uh, celebrity uh, guest yeah. game on Friday. That was cool, huh? Don't you think, right? DeMar, some, I think he tweeted out the picture. Looked like LeBron might have been in the next box over, the next suite over, and they were just kind of taking a picture together. That was pretty cool. I like that. Um, we'll get connected with our fans. 803-0550 to join us. Uh, CJ in Buffalo, you're on WGR. Go right ahead. I got a bonus stat of the day on how great Mahomes is, too. Go ahead, CJ. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, one, I was looking at profootballhistory.com. They got uh, the OC. Like, I guess uh, Ken Dorsey is the his record. He's the most successful OC in Buffalo Bills history. Just a quick nugget. But uh, as far as Josh Allen and the team, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're doing him due diligence by since he's gotten in the league. I, I feel as though Josh Allen has taught himself a lot. Most of it from day ball, yes. But I, I, I'm, I'm, as far as, like, learning the game, for example, Patrick Mahomes, when he came in, you had Alex Smith in front of you. Josh Allen had uh, Nate Peterman. Uh, a lot of things, I, I, what I'm saying is I think they stealth his growth. They, like, his growth isn't where it should be, especially with a defensive head coach and a rookie O.C., it's just a lot where it's going to be a lot of turnover. For, so if Ken Dorsey is successful next year or if he would have got a job this year, you're going into another offense. And we can't seem to use our players now, and I, I feel like that's a lot. That's, that's often the reason why Josh Allen feels as though or plays as though he has to do everything. There's nobody running open for the Buffalo Bills, as you guys said before. And I don't know if they, in a passing league, are they really helping him? Like, we help our defense a lot, and I – think we have a defensive coordinator and a head coach who should be able to scheme our guys to be able to be that good because we have two minds on one one subject i feel like we work too hard on our offense and we don't have the players that can make plays and adjust to everything on their own you know oh give me a screen or help me out do you think they 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 hurt us by allowing josh allen to pick his offensive coordinator you know a lot of times players get hurt and they say well protect the player from themselves we're in a play. We're in a Super Bowl window, and we went off off OC rookie. Other than somebody that's established, or we know you have a track record of being very creative and knowing how to use your players. We're just saying, "Ha, hey, we got our players. Go do something." And we don't we don't see that. And I get it. Yeah, I I, I love Ken Dorsey. I'm not saying he's bad or anything. I'm just saying, as far as the coaching and the the, the GMs and people in the top office what's our goal? Like, are we here to be friends or are we here to win a championship that we've never had? Secondly, we got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Can we get somebody in here to teach him how to be greater? We don't have a Hall of Fame offensive uh, coordinator or head coach like Andy Reid. You know, like, what are we doing? We don't have the players. Before, If Diggs get hurt, we are the Baltimore Ravens. Predictable offense and nobody can be schemed open. You know, like, what are we doing? Well, Couple things they're gonna add to their offense. What would you? Who do you want? You want to fire McDermott and hire an offensive coach? Like that's really the only major change they can make. I have, so I would not fire McDermott. I would. I, it's it's to the point where I would sign somebody to a contract as OC and say, "Hey, okay, who? But that's but that's you're, CJ. You're, you'd have to fire McDermott. That's you're you basically you know, you'd go to McDermott and say, "Listen, you have to bring in a new offensive which coordinator." Is fine. Who? 
uh, what's the guy from Arizona? Kills Kingsbury. Oh, you don't want that. <laughs> no, I, I, not as a head coach. I, I, I think right, he's as a, a phenomenal player. OC. I just—he's a really good OC. I, he's I, not. I don't know if you guys ever. Seen I do not think that. he's a good OC. I, I do not think. I, well, for what we have right now, you sit with Ken Dorsey. I wouldn't. I, think, I didn't say that, but I mean, get somebody from get somebody from college that really knows or can scheme up something that's fun, creative, something you've never seen before. I wouldn't care if you went to the OC and, and for the 49ers and say, "Hey, look, you want a chance to move up here." Come, come, come! Uh, but that's not a chance. Allen. That's not a chance to move up. That's a lateral move. Go find someone from no, the Andy Reid coaching it, it, it's tree. It's just an example. It's just yeah. an example. Somebody like him, his mindset. I'm not talking about that guy. I'm just talking about like the mindset of that. I, we really what what we're thirsty for is somebody that can really use our players. I, I, a lot I, of these I, guys aren't aren't really all that. Oh, Juju, you know he's not he's not really phenomenal, but they know how to use him. He was open a lot, and it's not just because of Juju. It's the system and the scheme is really what I'm focused on, and I think we have Josh Allen that has to work hard because the system and the scheme does not scheme anybody open or make them better. Even Dayball knew how to well, use McKenzie I'll give you in the red a, zone. I'll give you a number on this, CJ. I'm not, disagree- I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I would, the idea of getting better at offensive coordinator is something that I think it's a totally fair point. But I haven't thought about it. There's no indication that a change is no, coming. The, no, there's the not. The GM basically said... Dorsey's going to be back. Here's the so stat. I haven't thought about that. Here's the stat I'll remember from, the, from this postseason. Pro Football Focus does perfectly covered plays. Right? They, you score how a defense covers an offense. They do it for every game. The highest number of perfectly defended plays. Per, your defense defending an offense so far this postseason was the Bengals defending the Bills. 66% perfectly defended plays where... Nothing you schemed, there were no busts, no coverage busts. There's a lot of busts on each and every play. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really big. Some Two games in the first round, both Bucks, Cowboys, and Chargers, who they play? Jags. Jags. Those two, those two teams that lost in those games, their offensive coordinators got fired. They had a lower number of perfectly mm-hmm. defended plays yeah. than Ken Dorsey did against the Bengals. Ken Dorsey got schooled. Against Cincinnati. They got absolutely schooled by, help me his name, Lou, I almost said Don, Lou Anarumo. (laughs) Schooled in that game. And, you know, can he come back and be better for it? Maybe. I think any questions about Dorsey are fair because I watch these offenses and I don't think it's just Kansas City and it's not just Philadelphia. It's also the Niners. It's also Mike Mike, Mike McDaniel did a great job in, in Miami this year. Bengals. Bengals, okay. Jags. Jags. I've got a lot of offensive minds. And for the Bills, like you said, best case scenario, you are going to be constantly recycling guys because no one's ever going to be elevated to the head coach spot. And if you have an offensive coach built in, you have that as a stable thing to count on going forward. Andy Reid is not going to get beaten by somebody else. No team's going to pull Andy Reid out of there. So I think that concern is fair. Doesn't mean Dorsey can't get better. The first step is the Bills have to, and I think they will, invest massively in their offense. And that's where my thought is because, again, I just don't, I haven't thought about Dorsey since Brandon Bean's end of season news conference because, based on what he said, to me, it sure sounded like Ken Dorsey is coming back for a second season. By that point, by the way, Brandon Bean would have had met with Sean McDermott, probably gotten a feel for what he was doing with his coaching staff. So if there was going to be a change in the offense, I don't think Bean would have been that definitive about how he thinks Ken Dorsey will have learned and get better in year two. So, CJ, 
I haven't thought about replacing him. They're not firing McDermott, and it sounds like the OC's back. So what's next? You just said it. What's next is why we spent time talking about go get a wide receiver in round one and or round two. Go do what you need to do to make the offensive line better. Go find that the point you made about, you know, if digs get hurt, it's the Ravens offense actually made me scared because the Ravens offense. You, yes, so now it's address the offense and go make the line better and go find a, another big receiver for Josh Allen. Give, get better weapons for him because offensive coordinator, by all accounts, seems to be coming back. So make the roster better. How do you do that? Well, prioritize it. Don't wait and get a receiver in round four or five or just, you know, we're just going to re-sign Jamison Crowder and expect McKenzie Davis and Crowder will all be good. Really prioritize making your line better and your receiving group better. So someone beyond Stefan Diggs is really difficult to cover. And it's also worth pointing out, they're late to do this. They should have done it last year. Yeah. And the year before. They're, this is... This offseason, hopefully, righting a wrong of a couple years of too many picks on your defensive line and not enough help for your offense. If you're on hold, we're going to get more of your calls when we get back. 803-0550 to join us on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.